we're going to um, talk this morning about a problem that Dr. Motri um, alluded to very nicely, and that is the problem of severe autism and behaviors associated with it. And there are uh, a lot of behaviors that are problematic, in particular with children with severe autism. And those include aggressive, self-injurious behaviors, severe repetitive and stereotype behaviors, and severe hyperactivity, as well as uh, some other problems that are common in autism across the spectrum, uh, sleep disturbances, anxiety, and things like that. But some of the problems that children have with aggression and self-injurious behaviors and extreme hyperactivity and repetitive behaviors are so severe that they interfere with their lives. They interfere with all aspects of their lives, including home life, uh, social life, academic life. And there are very few treatment options uh, for those kinds of behaviors. The mainstay of treatment is behavioral therapy, which certainly helps to an extent, educational intervention, and then medications. And there are only a couple of medications that are approved for the treatment of these behaviors. And uh, they do um, not work with every child, and they often have somewhat unpleasant side effects. People have, in recent years, been very interested in the role of cannabinoids in the treatment of some of these behaviors. Cannabidiol, CBD, is the one that has really been focused on the most, although there are other cannabinoids that are being looked at as well. Phytocannabinoids are substances that come from the cannabis plant, and the most well-known is THC, uh, Delta-9 THC, or um, cannabis, and this is the main psychoactive cannabinoid. And cannabidiol, which is a non-impairing cannabinoid, we used to say uh, not psychoactive, but it does have uh, psychoactive properties. They're just beneficial ones, at least people think. Um, so they're non-impairing cannabinoids. Um, and cannabidiol makes up about 40% of the cannabis plant. Uh, so it's present in good quantities. And we don't know as much about these drugs as it would be nice to know because of legal restrictions until relatively recently. Um, but the mechanisms for CBD are uh, really multifactorial and complex. They're not just uh, they work on one receptor or something like that. Uh, they have a lot of mechanisms uh, with possible effects on various uh, neuroreceptors in the brain, uh, various neurotransmitters and possibly in mitochondrial function. There is a recent study in a mouse model of autism uh, looking at uh, CBD effects and showed benefits in, on repetitive uh, behaviors and anxiety, but not any improvement in social deficits in that mouse model. And this study showed that there were changes in mRNA expression in several neurotransmitter-related genes post-treatment. So um, there's really a lot of effects on, on the brain chemicals that carry uh, messages uh, around the brain and also um, modulate brain function uh, and also uh, work on neural circuits, uh, which are uh, important problems in autism. We know that cannabinoids do have some therapeutic uh, roles uh, that have been documented. 
uh, most importantly in the treatment of intractable epilepsy, and also have been beneficial in uh, treating nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy, and to some extent in treating weight loss associated with HIV infections. There are other areas that it doesn't seem to seem to be effective, uh, and uh, we don't know whether it's effective in autism. Uh, but there's been a lot of interest in it because of its reported effect on anxiety and possible social improvement. There have been some adverse events of CBD uh, identified primarily from epilepsy studies, and these include insomnia, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, dry mouth, a lot, a lot of milder problems. And then uh, more serious are elevation of liver enzymes, which could lead to a chemically induced uh, liver injury. So it's not benign, and it really is important to uh, see whether whether it has any effect. And there have been a number of studies published over the last three years or so that um, suggest that there is a positive effect uh, on behaviors in autism. So there have been a number of open-label, uncontrolled studies, meaning that the uh, family and the patient knew uh, what they were getting. They were all getting CBD of some sort. Um, most of these were observational studies, so the family wanted to use CBD. They went out and bought CBD, and they used it, and then the physician or clinician who was studying what they were doing asked them to complete questionnaires after they had been given the CBD that they were taking. So uh, really uncontrolled studies because um, you can buy you know 50 different brands of CBD and have 50 different things in those in those bottles, um, <clears throat> and so there was really no control. But, but based on those studies, uh, they did feel that there was an improvement in um, anxiety, communication, and disruptive behaviors in about almost two-thirds of children with autism treated with CBD. Um, and there, uh, most of those were CBD to THC ratio of 10 to 1, uh, which is relatively high and uh, in some instances was associated with actually the children having a bit of a high from the THC component. In more recent studies, uh, there, there have been several, again, a prospective uncontrolled study using parent questionnaires showing uh, that 30% had a significant improvement and 54% a moderate improvement in restlessness, rage attacks, concentration, and mood. Interestingly, uh, the reported side effects in here in this study were primarily sleepiness, lack of appetite, and restlessness. And there have been a couple of more recent studies, at, but they're basically the same. Now, this uh, more recent one in 2021 showed a different effect using two different formulations, and uh, they did not find good evidence of efficacy in treating the targeted behaviors. Um, they did not find a, a significant difference between the groups in most of the behaviors that they were looking at. So mixed results with uh, studies that were not well controlled or not controlled at all. Now, I told you a couple years ago at this meeting uh, that we were uh, starting this study, a double-blind placebo-controlled study, crossover study uh, of severe problem behaviors in children with autism. 
And we've just finished the study. We started it at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, finished it as masks were starting to come off in uh, July this year. Uh, so uh, went through a lot of challenging times with the study, and we are just starting to analyze the data. So that's still all in various levels of analysis. Uh, but the study was aimed at targeting the most severe and pervasive behaviors. And uh, we used a, a highly purified uh, plant-based cannabidiol uh, with a very a low concentration of THC. And this is uh, Epidiolex, uh, which is the only approved, FDA-approved CBD preparation. Uh, and that's the one that's used for treatment of epilepsy. And uh, the goal was to achieve uh, or obtain ob objective indicators of improvement as well as subjective uh, indicators of improvement. We used a multimodal assessment approach uh, with parent observation, clinician observation, uh, and then objective measures including neuropsych testing, neuroimaging, and electroencephalography. Our primary outcome measures were looking at aggressive behavior, self-injurious behaviors, uh, severe, pervasive, repetitive, and perseverative behaviors, and stereotypies, and extreme hyperactivity. And by extreme, I mean this is the level uh, where a child cannot sit still and focus for more than seconds, a few seconds, all day long. Uh, these, these are not mildly hyperactive children. Um, and we had some secondary outcome measures as well, looking at anxiety, sleep disturbance, social interaction, eye contact, social, and social communication, and language. So uh, as I said, we, we did use uh, direct neuropsychological testing and parent questionnaires and did eye tracking, EEG, and neuroimaging. So this is some demographics and, and uh, information about the participants in the study. We screened initially uh, about 200 children, uh, but a detailed screening in 57. Uh, we ended up randomizing 44 and 30 completed the 20-week study. It was two phases. Um, the children were tested uh, at baseline. They then were randomized to either placebo or, or uh, CBD. Uh, they took that for eight weeks. They were retested at eight weeks and then uh, taken off whatever they were on. There was a four-week washout period, and they crossed over to whatever they hadn't been on the first time uh, and then took that for eight weeks, were tested again, and um, then came off of that. So there were some children who were ineligible for the study uh, after uh, we had uh, screened them and, and thought they were. Um, uh, nothing exciting um, about the reasons. And then um, four who uh, decided they weren't interested in the study. We excluded any children who had a known genetic disorder that accounted for the autism. We excluded children with epilepsy uh, children with any other health issues that might be significant or might interfere with the study. We uh, could not use children where we couldn't get any blood draw. Uh, one of our children that we had, random, uh, that we had uh, randomized initially um, uh, went on an anticonvulsant medication by their primary doctor, and so they could not be in the study.
This study was all male. There was a specific reason for that. Uh, the plan was to do an all-male study and an all-female study separately and not to combine the data from males and females because the presentation of severe autism is different in males and females. Uh, not just severe autism, the presentation of autism is different in males and females. And that's just starting to be uh, better recognized. And there are a couple publications now on that. Um, but um, we felt that it might dilute our results if we tried to look at the same parameters in males and females together. So the plan was, uh, as I said, to do separate studies. Um, this will report on the, the study in males, which has been completed. Uh, the age range was 7 to 15. And as you can see, ethnicity, we had a, a good mix of uh, Hispanic and non-Hispanic, and a good diversity in racial representation. We had a number of adverse events, um, uh, 44 while on CBD and 33 while on placebo, but importantly, no serious adverse events. These are, are some of the adverse events. Insomnia and uh, difficulty sleeping was the most commonly reported side effect, more so in CBD than in placebo. Increased appetite was also common and present in both groups. Diarrhea and loose stools was really um, a, appeared to be a CBD-related side effect primarily. Increased self-injurious behaviors. It's only um, the uh, placebo group that had an increase in self-injurious behaviors. And then elevated liver function tests, uh, not surprisingly, we did find in a few patients. And then in very small numbers, uh, other uh, problems. Uh, several of our patients developed COVID while in the study. And then we had uh, just single, one child in each group who had uh, increased appetite, sleepiness, uh, itchiness, rash, uh, and constipation. And then clearly unrelated, well, at least we think they're unrelated, uh, uh, adverse events, uh, a dog bite, a piece of glass stuck in the foot, and a sponge stuck in the nose, and a seizure, a new onset seizure, interestingly, was in the placebo group, and one human bite. Um, so even though those are unrelated to the drug, we do report these as adverse events because they happened during the study. So our, as I said, our data are still being analyzed and we really don't have a lot of uh, numbers to report, but just to give you a, a hint of what's to come or what we we're finding. So the study participants tolerated the oral CBD very well. They all were able to take it. That was one of the concerns. Uh, a lot of the children are, well, all of them were extremely picky eaters. A lot of them were uh, had a, a averse, were averse to certain tastes and textures, and so uh, there was a concern among some of the parents that maybe they wouldn't take this uh, medication. But they did; they all did, and we got uh, measurable blood levels <clears throat> in all of them. Um, and um, and I just showed you the side effects, but this is the mean blood level. It doesn't tell you anything uh, except to show that. 
The uh, first peak is the group in the first eight weeks who was on CBD. Uh, and what you can see is that uh, the blood levels rose pretty quickly and then stayed stable for the eight weeks and then um, dropped down over the course of the um, washout period. Uh, but they didn't drop down completely to zero. And what we found was that there was a little bit of CBD still present in the blood at 12 weeks after four weeks of washout in some of the children. It was a very low amount, but still it was measurable. And um, this is interesting because, and, and important because it may affect our results of our crossover study because some of the children, are, they still have CBD in the system during the second eight weeks. The second peak on, to the right uh, shows the second eight weeks of the, the children who were on CBD. They had no CBD in their blood at, uh, from the beginning uh, till 12 weeks, and then they peaked and stayed pretty stable until the 20 weeks. Um, so we were able to, to um, measure that. And then uh, one of the things that we did was uh, clinical impressions. So these are clinicians who were seeing the children. We saw them every week to every other week during the study. Uh, so this is a, like a clinical global impression uh, of change, basically. What we noticed uh, was that there were two-thirds of the children uh, who completed the study, the so 20 of the 30, uh, showed measurable or notable improvements based on uh, clinician ratings. And the remaining third either showed no change, no detectable change, that we could see, or in a, uh, one or two cases were a little bit worse. Now, the problem with that is that there were really a lot of variables that, uh, that may have affected these uh, changes. Uh, some of the children had COVID infections during the course of the study, so uh, we're gonna be looking at that, whether that, that makes any made any difference in, <clears throat> in terms of their behavior changes. Um, and some uh, were going back to school um, at the end of the study um, after having been home for uh, a year, uh, being homeschooled because of COVID. So um, uh, it really complicates uh, the picture some. But um, again, because of the design of the study, we had both placebo and active drug treated children at the same time, in the, in the same time frame. So uh, if, if going back to school made a difference, we should see it in both the placebo and the CBD groups. Uh, we had um, actually more kids in the placebo group had COVID infections than in the CBD group, so we, it's hard to compare that. But um, but at least our CBD group didn't have very many COVID infections, so we were able to look at, at their <clears throat> within-group differences. Um, so for the primary outcome measures uh, where we used questionnaires or tester-administered tests, uh, our statistical analyses uh, are uh, really detailed and complex and uh, currently um, using mainly uh, uh, mixed effects models with subject-specific random effects uh, and fixed effects for treatment, CBD or placebo, treatment duration, their interaction and the 
time of treatment, um, a number of, of items. So it makes it very difficult to explain or to show you a graph uh, of some of the data, but I'm going to show you an example. It's not to be interpreted as final data. It is an example based on that model. Uh, but this is from the data. It's, it's real. It's just that it's not just the data. So what this is is the uh, repetitive behavior scale, which is a parent-administered questionnaire, total score, and the orange bar, I guess it is, is the placebo group, and the green bar is the um, CBD group. Uh, the left-hand graph is uh, weeks 1 to 8, and the right-hand graph is weeks 12 to 20. And what you can see is that between week 0 and week 8, or baseline in week 8, there was a big drop, and that is an, means an improvement, actually, in the scale, uh, a big improvement in both groups, in the placebo group and in the CBD group meaning there's a, a big, um, a pretty impressive um, placebo effect. So we see it in, we, in the first eight weeks, we see it in the second eight weeks, a big placebo effect, but over and above that, there is a bigger uh, CBD effect. So actually CBD did, did cause a significant reduction in repetitive behaviors and these problem behaviors in both the first eight weeks and the second week, eight weeks of treatment, above and beyond what you would see with a placebo. So there is an effect for this particular uh, graph. It's about twice as uh, big as an improvement with the CBD as with placebo. And then this is um, looking at CBD levels and the score on, uh, is this the repetitive behavior scale, uh, and uh, showing that children who had the lowest amount of CBD in their blood on the left, there was no difference between uh, scores at zero and eight weeks. Children uh, who had intermediate levels uh, had a difference, a significant difference, um, the p-values, I hope you can see. Uh, and then on the right, there was also uh, an a bigger uh, difference after treatment with the highest levels of CBD. So the, the data analyzed uh, so far do indicate a large placebo effect. And this, I only showed you one test because as I said, these are all being analyzed now, but, uh, but we're seeing a large placebo effect in caregiver reports and we're seeing improvement in uh, behavior problems in, uh, including self-injurious behaviors, repetitive behaviors, and stereotypic behaviors, but a larger effect with CBD group than with placebo. And possibly the effectiveness may at least in part be uh, depend on the dose and how much gets actually gets into the blood because the absorption rates can be different depending on what depending on a lot of things. Uh, and then one final um, interesting uh, little bit of information related to um, possible mechanism of action of CBD. Uh, and this is from our MR spectroscopy study. So we did neuroimaging, or we attempted neuroimaging on all of the children. Uh, it's very difficult to do neuroimaging, um, uh, as you can imagine, on children with significant behavior problems. Um, 
and they're not sedated, of course. And so um, we were able to get useful images in about half. And uh, we did uh, structural imaging looking at what the brain looks like. And we also did uh, spectroscopy looking at uh, different brain chemicals. And this is just one of them. Uh, myonisetol, uh, myonisetol is a chemical in the brain that's thought to be a marker of neuroinflammation. This is a uh, no CBD on the left and CBD on the right, so placebo and CBD. And in the presence of CBD, the myonisetol inositol levels are lower, uh, suggesting that um, there uh, may be less neuroinflammation. Um, and that is uh, maybe relevant to um, the brain, <clears throat> the underlying mechanism uh, by which CBD may help. So this is just the beginning. Uh, there's tons of data to analyze, and uh, and we are already excited about the findings, and hope we continue to be excited the more we do. Um, lots of people to acknowledge, the research staff, the uh, imaging uh, people, statistician, CMCR Center for uh, Medical Cannabis Research, which this study is housed at UCSD. And um, the funding was from the Norda Foundation and Holistic Foundation, uh, Greenwich Biosciences, uh, GW Pharmaceuticals, and Jazz Pharmaceuticals, Pharmaceuticals, all the same group. Um, provided Epidiolex and placebo, uh, no other funding, but just the drug and the placebo. And I um, thank the, um, really appreciate the families who participated in the study. It was a lot of work for them. Thank you.